Good morning, everyone, on this day of January 11th, 2019. It's Sports Decaf. It's the first Friday of 2019 for us. It's Tariq Abdullah, the man of the hour. What's up, y'all? It's the boy Tariq Fatou. So for all of y'all out there, you know, I didn't get enough sleep last night. I was too busy watching the game of the year. OKC versus the San Antonio Spurs. How'd you feel about that one, my boy? I got one thing to say about that game. It's one thing that's been bothering me the whole season is that OKC cannot close out games. They have a problem closing out games. I'm looking at their offense. I watched the Christmas game. I watched the home opener. I watched this game last night. And in the fourth quarter, when it gets down to three minutes left or in you know overtime or double overtime, they really do have a problem closing out games. And I want to commend Russell Westbrook first because I love me some Russell Westbrook. But I want to commend him because – if you look at this point last season, he'd be taking all these shots in the clutch. You know, he'd be taking all the shots. He wouldn't really be moving the ball around. But this year, you know, we know he's been in a shooting slump. But we know that he's been moving the ball around. He's been getting guys like Terrence Ferguson some looks, Jeremy Grant some looks. You know, Paul George has been balling out. But back to my point, this Thunder team cannot close out games. And, you know, I don't know if it's a, if it's a play calling issue, but I'm looking at them and everyone in the arena knows that they're going to set a screen for Paul George just to shoot the ball. And I think one thing or, you know, one idea that could maybe work for them, you know, in the late game clutch is that if you just go ahead and make it a four out one in offense and you push everyone down, down to the corners or, you know, down to the, to the low end of the, excuse me, of the court. And you just got to get a pick and roll isolation, you know, basketball with, with Paul George. He's been playing great. He's averaging 26 and eight. And I think in fourth quarter, three minutes left, you're down by three, you're down by two, or even if you're up by two, you just got to get Paul George going. You look at James. Uh, you look at James Harden with the, with the Houston Rockets. Why are they so great? Because in the fourth quarter, whose time is it? It's James Harden's times. You know, he's 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 playing he's playing ISO basketball, and they're using his skill set effectively. You look at Paul George. He's six nine, six eight. He can shoot. He's their best scorer on that team. He's the best shooter on that team. I think from the Thunder. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and get an isolation ba- uh, isolation basketball with him and Stephen Adams, and I'm just gonna let Paul George work. I mean, well, during that game, Stephen Adams was a little banged up, so that really threw the team off. And he had a uh, sprained ankle he was playing through, so they were limiting him on minutes later through the game. But let's just let's just focus on the San Antonio Spurs right now. They started off the game with 14 straight threes made. They finished 85 about 85 percent shooting three that game. 16 for 19. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge had a career high, 56 points. Uh, who else? Uh, Derek White showed out a Division II basketball player who the Spurs picked up. I mean, everyone from all angles was just playing. De- Russell Westbrook, career high assists, 24 with the triple-double. I mean, Jeremy Grant, career high in scoring. Then you have Terrence Ferguson, who who goes scoreless almost every game of the season, drops 21. I mean, everyone was just showing out that game. Career highs from from everywhere. You had dudes just straight balling. I mean, that was that that was a game. Like from first through you know the fourth to overtime. I mean, every moment of that game was just phenomenal. And everyone, you know, early in the season, you know, they kind of doubted the Spurs. You know, they lost Dejounte Murray. You, they fell to like the twelfth seed. They're like, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. I mean, this is the hottest team in basketball right now. They're just they're on the run, you know. Guys are getting hot. Demar Derozan's playing his best basketball. Lamarcus Aldridge is playing as if he's never lost his touch. I mean, this Spurs team, 
once they get DeJounte Murray back next season, I think they can be a NBA Finals competitor. You have a good point. I, I don't I don't ever want to doubt a coach pop team. But yeah. you know, hopefully knock on wood, DeJounte Murray comes out and you know comes out even better than what he was. But you know, and, t- and that game was great. But I'm looking beyond that game. I'm looking at OKC because I honestly do I think that they they are they you know, they are a team that can maybe that, that could possibly contend to make the NBA Finals, to win the Western Conference. I really do think that they're the best defensive team in the league. They have two superstars. And I'm just I'm just worried about them closing. I know Steven Adams was injured for, you know, for a good time that game. But I'm looking at other games as well. Even when Steven Adams is on the court, their their offense is stagnant. Billy Donovan, he so far he's done a pretty good job coaching this team this year. But I'm looking at their late game play calling. I'm looking at how they're playing, you know, in the clutch moments. Their offense is stagnant. They don't they're not really that good of a three-point shooting team to begin with. And then now they're just got everyone standing around playing you know, pick and roll, ISO basketball with Russell Westbrook. And no offense to Russell Westbrook, but you've been having a bad shooting season. I don't know if you should be the main one facilitating or trying to get the shots in the late game situation. I know he's been passing the ball a lot, but if you're passing the ball to Jeremy Grant for a wide open three, you know, nine times out of ten, what what are we going to expect for him to miss the shot? If you pass to Terrence Ferguson for a wide open three, are we going to expect him to make the shot? Not really. You got to get you got to get some movement with Paul George. Paul George is their but best man, scorer. He got them guys going last game. So I mean, he, I mean, he got them going the last game. But what what did the results do? Did you, did you not see that double overtime? I know the refs kind of BS them. I, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. The refs did you know make some questionable play calling. But I'm just looking at their offense in particular because I saw the I saw the Houston game you know again on Christmas. You know I saw I saw multiple multiple other games and I'm just looking at them in the fourth quarter. Sometimes. They, they just don't close out games that they, that they need to close out. You have Paul George. He's giving you 26 a game. He's arguably, you know, a top five two-way player in the league. You got to let the man work. You really do got to let the man work. And, you know, not setting, setting him off ball screens here and there, that's not letting him work. You got to give him the ball and just let him go to work. I mean, they, they'll make some adjustments. I think this team is more built for the playoffs this year rather than the regular season. So I think as come the playoffs, they'll adapt, they'll fix those changes. I mean, I mean Westbrook, <clears throat> Westbrook, we've seen his game evolve this year at a different level. I mean, he's become at some moments during the game a pass-first kind of guy. He's taking less shots. I mean, he's going through a shooting slump, but I mean, he's still there's some games where, where you know, he has a bad shooting night, but he's the reason that team's winning games just because of his effort, his rebounding, his you know ball movement. I mean, keep again. I mean, he had his career high 24 assists. With the triple-double, the NBA record's 30 assists in a game. So, I mean, he was six shy, and he just had a – I mean, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal game for Russell Westbrook. I mean, keeping – put aside his shooting, I mean, there was bad calls, you know, throughout the whole game, which, you know, the Thunder could have won. But then there was bad calls where, you know, San Antonio could have won that game. So, I think it all balances out. And I think just overall, you just got to look at the good in that game. You know, you seen guys – who you didn't expect to step up, like Terrence Ferguson. I mean, Jeremy Grant on the scoring end. You had Derek White, who, you know, once again, Division two basketball player, who sh- who wasn't supposed to be in the league. But like the Spurs do, they give guys shots. And the guys step up during big moments, and that's why they're in the league. Well, I want to I touch on one thing, then we can move to our <clears throat> next topic. I want to get on Russell Westbrook, because if you look at – Let's just look at James Harden, for example, or you look at someone else like Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. If they're having a shooting slump, how else can they affect the game? You know, not 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 as effectively. Yeah. Right? 
the, the reason why I think Russell Westbrook is so great, because there was a game he was three for 22 or four for 22. He still managed to give you, I think it was maybe 13 plus rebounds, 10 plus assists. He affects the game in so many other ways. He plays so hard night in and night out. I mean, you can never question the effort about this dude. He's such a great player. Even if he's shooting badly, he's still going to give you 100%, and he'll still put you in a position to win. That's why I yeah. love me some Russell Westbrook. No matter how bad he's shooting, he's still going to put you in position to win. He can rebound, he can score, and he can facilitate, uh, facilitate the ball, and he can defend. I mean, I mean, I just think, you know, this Thunder team, the way they've grown from last season, I mean, they, the sky's the limit for this team. I mean, you have you have dudes. They got a lot of uh, young athletes as well. Yeah, and we've seen Steven Adams every year get better. I mean, Jeremy Grant has become an elite defender. I mean, they, they're doing all this without their best defender and arguably one of the best defenders in the league, Andre Roberson, who's still pretty young, 27 years old. I mean, so once he gets back, I mean, this team, you're going to see they're going to close games out. I mean, I'm not worried, but it's just can he, anyone still handle the Warriors at this point? I mean, DeMarcus Cousins set to come back, you know, in the coming week. I mean, would you, we just don't know. Like, I mean, maybe I, I, next I will, year there's a shot, but this year I just I, – I, I, I will say it. that this year is probably the most interesting year. Yeah, in, definitely. And, in, 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 you know, in a few years. there's I don't know if there's a shot to beat the Warriors, but there is some, you know, some doubts that, hey, maybe someone can beat the Warriors this year. But I think the only – the Warriors, the only way they lose is if injuries haunt them during the playoffs. Because we've seen their guys always seem to get healthy come playoff time. So if come playoff time, you know, one of their guys or key players like Duran or Curry goes down, this team's in some trouble. I, I also think that if Draymond Green keeps keeps up his shooting slump, and so does Klay Thompson, even though he still had that 40-point mm -hmm. game with like 40 with four dribbles or something like that, if they keep going on that shooting slump, which I don't predict that they will, I think they're going to end up finding their rhythm. Yeah, Klay Thompson's coming back. But if you know, if it is a playoff game and Draymond Green is what zero for six on threes, Klay Thompson's you know two for ten, for example, mm -hmm. I think that's a real bit of a beatable team. I don't think that that you know the conclusion's done that they can't win a championship, but they're definitely going to be beatable if they're them two are shooting bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree on that too. You know, we just got to see how the season plays out, how it goes, and, you know, just see what happens. But uh, one thing I did want to touch up was, you know, these rumors going around, you know, trading, things like that. So, Kyle Kuzma. So, if the Los Angeles Lakers make a move, is he off limits? Well, it depends for who. Are we talking about for AD or? For, yeah, Anthony Davis. That's, so, that's so, the main guy. So, if, is Kyle Kuzma off limits in a potential Lakers trade for AD? This this is this is what I this is my take on it. I think if I'm if I'm if I'm the Los Angeles Lakers, I'm keeping I'm trying to, I'm going to try to keep Kyle Kuzma with everything I have. Kyle Kuzma's their undoubtedly second best player on that team. He's a great yeah. scorer. I personally think he's a he's a better version of Harrison Barnes right now. He's a forward that could shoot. He can defend. He he's has not as good defensively. Yeah, he has the potential to be a real good defender. Yeah. But if I'm the Lakers, I'm going to try to keep Kyle Kuzma. Do I think that's going to happen? I really do not think so. I, if I'm, you got to think. Look at look at all the other teams in the league. Everyone knows that. Hey, Kyle Kuzma is the second best player on that Lakers team. Why on earth would New Orleans trade Anthony Davis if they're not going to even be receiving the second best player on the Lakers team? Keep in mind, Anthony Davis is a third best player or fourth best player in the NBA. He's a top five player yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, Kuzma's not even a top fifteen. Exactly. So that's why I, I think I think it's unrealistic that the New Orleans Pelicans just make a trade without getting Kyle Kuzma. 
You know, if but if I'm the Lakers and I can and I can squeak by without getting Kyle Kuzma, I mean without giving up Kyle Kuzma, then I got to do it. If I got to give up Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, you know, Josh Hart, and maybe a Zubac and some picks, and I'm just gonna have to do it. If and I, I I don't blame them for trying to keep Kyle Kuzma, you know, the whole time. But if I'm the Pelicans, I'm I'm definitely gonna demand Kyle Kuzma. I think he's just, yeah. he's he's gonna be a real good player in the future. I just don't see that. But I I think he's completely off limits at this point. I mean, the guy had his career high forty one points in three quarters, with an amazing shooting night, sixteen for twenty four. And I mean, early in the season, he had another thirty eight point game. I mean, he's averaging, he's giving you nineteen a game. So you think he's completely off? Limits. I, I think he's off limits because this team, if they bring in Anthony Davis, I think because we've seen Kyle Kuzma, we've seen his explosiveness with LeBron James on the court, but with LeBron James and Brandon Ingram, we haven't seen that connection. So I think what they're going to try to do, I think they're just going to pull the plug on Ingram because I think just because not that he's a bad player, but his game doesn't revolve around LeBron. So I don't think there's going to be any. You know, growth factor for Ingram, especially when Davis comes. I mean, he's gonna have no role. We we've seen Kuzma; he he can catch and shoot. I mean, he can go. You know, isolation. You you know, stretch on the, the corner. The floor and yeah, he can yeah. stretch the floor. But Brandon Ingram, I don't think he's developed his game at that level yet. You see, I you see, I I can see, I I, I see what you're saying, but I'm gonna have to disagree with. He's completely off limits because I think if New Orleans ends up wanting to shop AD. I think if I'm the Lakers, I got to do almost anything I, I can to keep AD. Because if you don't get AD, well, who else is going to get AD? Most likely Boston. And then, you know, with all these rumors going around with Kawhi to the, to the Clippers, Kevin Durant to the Clippers, you know, let's just say hypothetically that happens. Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant to the Clippers. Now AD's in Boston. Well, who did the Lakers have? Well, you know, Chris Middleton, Bradley Beal, who did they? You, know, you don't know. That's why I think there's going to be tremendous amounts of pressure for them to, to, you know, to try to get AD. I don't know if Kyle Kuzma is completely off limits. I will say if I'm the Lakers, I'm going to try to keep, you know, try to keep him with with everything I got. But I think, you know, if push comes to shove, you might have to give him up. I mean, I don't know cuz I I feel like he's he he's definitely going to be, you know, a star in this league. I mean, if if not, he's on his way there, you know. But I just I don't see it happening cuz those Pelicans team, I mean, they have a pretty solid roster. So I mean, if if they're if they're if they're gonna want something, it's gonna be you know a Brandon Ingram, it's gonna be you know Lonzo Ball, you know maybe two first round draft picks, you know that that these guys I think would fit perfect on that Pelicans team. But if the Lakers were to I think give up Kyle Kuzma at this point, they're not gonna give you a whole lot of pieces like they would have you know maybe twenty games before. But I think now his value has just gone too high that the Pelicans are you know they wouldn't be too too on to this trade at this point. I don't, I don't agree with you on that. I think since his trade value is so high, they see how well he's playing, that's going to even want them want them to get Kyle Kuzma even more. You're, gonna, you're looking at their, 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 their best young player who's on a rookie contract. New Orleans is going to be all over that. You know, that's someone that could stretch the floor, that could shoot, that could do everything. He, you even said he's going to be a potential star. I don't see why New Orleans would want to shy away from getting him. I mean, if you're going to give up AD, you have to you have to remember Kyle Kuzma is nowhere in comparison to AD. So if you're giving up AD, you got to think, okay, well, I got to get Kyle Kuzma. I'm giving up, you know, the top five best player in the league. I don't see how New Orleans would subject themselves to mediocrity and you know get Alonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and a few picks. I mean, Pelicans lose that trade by a million miles. You got to get someone like Kyle Kuzma. You got to get, in my opinion, if I'm if I'm the Pelicans, I'm going to ask for Kyle Kuzma. Two other young players and two picks. I think, I th- I still think Lakers win that trade. 
but I still, but I think that Pelicans can set them up, set set themselves up for the future. I mean, who knows? Maybe it depends who you trade at this point. But I think if they trade Kuzma, they're not going to trade. It's going to be more draft picks rather than like a Kuzma and Ingram. That's not happening. It's either Kuzma I, Ingram. I, I don't think it would be a Kuzma Ingram, but I will think it could be a Kuzma a Kuzma Hart or a Kuzma Zubac. And then with some picks as well. I don't think I agree with you on that aspect. I don't think it will be a Kuzma, Lonzo, and Brandon no, Ingram. I, maybe I definitely don't think that. maybe earlier in the season it could have been a Kuzma, Ingram, Lonzo. Yeah, but I, his but you're right. Now his it's his trade late. value has gone too high. But I I don't know. I think I think maybe 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 if I'm New Orleans, I might have to. I'm I'm gonna ask for I'm gonna ask for Kuzma and a second young player and and some and some first round picks. I just don't think that's. I don't I mean, think, you got to think you're I, giving I up think, Anthony Davis. I, I don't think the Lakers are going to give up their second best player because your your whole your whole reason is to get better. When you lose a second best player and you get Anthony Davis, but I mean you you're going to get the, better, but you could have been a whole lot better had you had Kuzma on your team. So I think if you want to compete for a championship, Kuzma's got to be. But off you you got to you got to also think who needs who needs Anthony Davis more. Do the Pelicans need Anthony Davis more, or do the Lakers need Anthony Davis more? Lakers, Lakers by a million yeah. miles. I mean, but at this point, I mean, you trade a guy like Anthony Davis, it's it's hard on you too. I mean, obviously it's hard yeah. on them. You look, they're not even in the playoff picture, and they mm-hmm. have Anthony Davis on their team. So we definitely know if they leave, you know, if Anthony Davis leaves that team, they're they're not going to be in the playoff picture. They might even be rebuilding for a yeah. few years. But that's I, that. I mean, I don't even think for a few years. I think they get the right pieces. I mean, they're they can be a playoff team. I don't think that. maybe a year after that trade. I think I it's, I think think it's so. just it's a whole lot of coaching issue. Yeah, I don't believe in Alvin Gentry. Yeah, I mean they they have Julius Randle as a starter. He's giving you twenty one and seven. I mean you have Drew Holiday, arguably one of the best defenders at the point guard position. He's he's also giving you you know what twenty and nine a game, something around that. I mean they have a good good lineup. Nikola Mirotic. It's just that coaching. The, the team well, just doesn't. What I they first of all they don't have a really good coach yeah and second of all their their bench unit yeah is that's not, that's is a not whole really, it's big issue it's not really you know comparable to other Western Conference playoff teams and then you also got to think you got to call it what it is I mean the New Orleans Pelicans they're in that bubble that mm-hmm. I say they they really are they're pushing it they're pushing I, I think they're a little under the bubble you think so they haven't got into the bubble well they were in they were in the playoffs last year and I yeah, think they, but they, they were in there the year before if I do if I'm yeah mistaken. but they just, they've gotten worse since last season well they have gotten worse obviously but I, that's why I think that they're in the bubble they're they're pushing it they're mm-hmm. you know a tenth seed I think the the bubble is a tenth seed to a to a to a seven seed yeah tenth seed to a seven seed so I think they're they're in that range. They might, you know, because right now I'm looking at them. I think they might be, you know, on the bottom tier of the Western Conference. But I mean, I, it is what it is. I mean, if I back to the point, if I'm if I'm New Orleans, I'm gonna have to ask for Kyle Kuzma. I don't. But if I'm the Lakers, I'm gonna try to keep Kyle Kuzma with everything I got. If, if, if I were New Orleans, I mean, you're you're gonna have to have a lot more pieces. You can't afford draft picks at this moment because I mean, Lakers, they're gonna you're gonna get a what 18th, 19th pick. I mean, you, even, you, even, yeah, maybe even, even lower. Like, so at that point, what you're lacking is, uh, you know, your death, like you said, in your, you know, your bench unit. So if you can get three guys on that team, I mean, you have a pretty solid bench. What your lineup can be, what Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, um, Miritich when he gets back, and I mean, what I mean, who Etwan Moore, Alfred Payne can you know come off the bench, you know, and then you have another bench guy, solid player from the Lakers. I mean, so if you're if you're gonna make that big trade, it's got to be guys. 
I mean, you gotta if you're gonna do you know a draft pick, wait until that four years after LeBron is gone from LA and their you know records start to diminish a little bit. But as of now, to get better, you have a solid young core. You need guys now. I mean, you're not rebuilding. You're just you're just trying to get better. So I think it's if you look at it, it, it could be a win-win for both teams, depending how Brandon Ingram turns out if he's in the trade, or you know how if they pull the plug on you know Kyle Kuzma. So it's all about what happens. But uh, let's talk about more trade rumors right now. What do you think? The Mavs make the move and let Dennis Smith Jr. go, or do we put it on hold? Ah, man. All right, so everyone that's watching this, you know, that's listening to this, they know I'm a diehard Mavs fan. And for the past 20 years, the Mavs have been nothing but great. We've made, what, at least 10-plus playoff appearances. We've won a finals, you know, 2006 we went to the NBA finals. We went to the Western Conference finals a handful of times. So We've had the best record in the NBA at one point when we lost to the eight seed warriors. So so with with that being said, we have to su- we have to stop subjecting ourselves to mediocrity. Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic definitely haven't been, you know, they haven't been meshing. I know it's Dennis uh, Dennis Smith Jr. second second year in what his third month or fourth month in the NBA. But I'm looking at Dennis Smith Jr. and I'm thinking, you know, his his max potential could be a Baron Davis, right? And uh I think it's a little higher than that. We agree to disagree. Back to my point, though. What I think that he's a he's a Max Baron Davis type of player, right? And you look at Luka Doncic. He's going to be a rev- a revolutionary player. He's going to revolutionize the game. Point forward. You know, he's six eight. He can do everything. And I'm looking at them too, and I'm like, man, you know, they're not meshing. You know, and for all you Mavs fans that want to keep Dennis Smith Jr. and that have you know personal connections with him, and they're like, no, I want to keep Dennis Smith Jr. Well, you got to think about it like this: if you want to win, and you and you call yourselves a Mavs fan. You got to be able to let him go. It's a business. We got to keep things rolling. Mavs are trying to win. We want the best for our Mavs. We got to we got to win. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, you know, go ahead and trade Dennis Smith Jr. for Evan Fournier. No, I'm saying if we can get a trade and get Bradley Beal. What's wrong with Evan Fournier? <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but if we can get a trade, if we can get potentially Bradley Beal or if we can get, you know, any type of other trade and we can get a real good shooter, a real good scorer that's a shooting guard or, any, or you know, a young player on a good contract that can score and that's better than Dennis Smith Jr. and he can also mesh with Luka Doncic, I say screw it. We got to pull the plug on Dennis Smith Jr. Nah. We got we to do what we got to do. Luka Doncic is the future for the Mavs. I'm a diehard Mavs fan. I'm, I've, I've, always been, I've always been spoiled by how great the Mavs have been. Mavs... Mavs, See, that's you, what got, it you, is. Got, you got you got you got you got to do what you got you got to do what you got to do to win. You're being too spoiled, you know. You, you want to win now. You just gotta trust no, you, the process. Wait, wait, wait. Right? No, 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 no. You, you gotta trust the process. Let, let me let me get to you on that for that. All right. You said you said you said we gotta win now. I, no, I, you want to win now. I think I think we I think I think we do have to win now. You know why? Hmm. You look at all the great teams right now in the NBA. Right. Look at right, Boston. But, look, but wait, wait, do you think? Hear me out. Hear me out. Right, let, me, just, let me let me let me go on one point. Look at the Boston Celtics. Why are they so great? We ask. Well, because they have they draft had picks they year had, after year. They after had year. four guys that they moved through the draft that are on rookie contracts. Jay, Jason Tatum rookie contract. Marcus Smart was recently on a rookie contract. He just got resigned. Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown. J, J, I, th- I personally think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are going to be two potential All Stars. Now, now, yeah. now, 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 let's let's also look at the Lakers. 
You got Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Zubac is on a rookie contract. You know that Josh Hart. You got uh, that the the dude on the bench, Svi. I don't know how to say his last name, but he's Svi. Svi, sorry, and he's also on a rookie contract. And wh- wh- why why am I saying that? Well, because now the Lakers have a chance to to potentially get you know Anthony Davis and then another star. Well, you look at the Mavericks; they have Luka Doncic on a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. You you got to be able to make your moves right now before we resign him. That's that's just how it is. You got to win now. You know why? Because this is the lowest lowest amount of money that we're ever going to give Luka Doncic in his career. This is the the best time we can give him money. I mean, uh, excuse me. This is the best time we can per- pursue players in the free agency and set up players around him while he's still under a rookie contract so we can have the flexibility to, you know, to get good players. That's why I think it's win now. If Luka Doncic is on a 5-year, 200 million dollar contract, well we're now we're going to limit ourselves to who we can get. He's on a rookie contract. We got to be able to get good players. That's 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 why I think it's win now. Uh, I just I don't think we have enough pieces to win now. I mean, who are we going well, to compete we're gonna against? Have the Houston Rockets, the Golden State Warriors, you know, the L.A. Lakers, and then the future, you know, who knows what the future has in mind. Denver Nuggets. I mean, the Spurs are getting better. So, I mean, winning now, I mean, we're not going to win for the next three to four years. So why, why trade a guy who's also on a rookie contract for another guy who's getting paid $28 million a year with the name of Bradley Beal? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to pull the plug because, I mean, we look at Westbrook's two years. So he played two years in college, so he came into the league older than Dennis Smith. They're averaging just about the same numbers. Don't don't so, so don't, why? don't don't compare Dennis Smith Jr. No, 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 no. It's just, you know, why are you sold on him this early? I mean, him and Westbrook averaging the same numbers. Their athleticism, not, I'm not going to say is the same, but Dennis Smith is, is pretty near Westbrook. No, when it comes not. to athleticism. He's, first of all, Dennis his Smith work Jr. ethic might not be as hard. Dennis Smith Jr. is never going to play as hard as Russell Westbrook. Let's just yeah, yeah. It what, I'm talking about athleticism. I didn't say his work ethic. Well, then I why mean, are you comparing You know, their two skill sets? You're comparing you know, Dennis I mean, Smith. It's still early. It's still early to sell on the guy. I personally don't think it's too Dennis early. Smith Jr. will ever I mean, be close to, how, close to Westbrook in terms of how hard they play. I think he can be a star in the league. I, I think that too. De- Baron Davis was a star. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I, he's a little better than he's more athletic than Baron Davis. Oh, I'm not talking. I'm not comparing their athleticism. I'm copying. But I'm, I'm saying his at, with play. Dennis Smith. That's Dennis Smith's athleticism. The sky's the limit. I'm not t- okay. But when did I when did I talk about his athleticism? I talked about his game. You know, potentially. Yeah, I mean, he can with his athleticism. He can potentially be you know a star in this league. I mean, within I mean, he can yeah, and I short of you. a superstar. And I, I, I think he will be a really. So good why player. pull the plug now? I mean, he's only but, a rookie. But that's the thing. He's he's he, he's 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 a he's a second year player. But you look, you got to look at how they're meshing right now. They're not meshing real good. Yeah, Dennis but Smith he's Jr. had he's had injury problems all season. But you, whenever he is on the pro, whenever he is on the floor, they're not meshing well. You look at JJ Barrett. Whenever he gets on the floor, he meshes way better than, with Luka Doncic. Yeah, than but Dennis that's Smith a Jr. that's does. a NBA champion. That's a veteran in the league. Okay, that's you just got to give the guy JJ time Barea to is grow. A rotation player. What, what I'm trying to get at is Westbrook that, didn't come into the league and just grew into a superstar. Okay, and it how, took ma- years. How, how many championships does Russell it took Westbrook? Took time. Zero. Okay, then we, we're trying to win championships here. We're not trying to. Yeah. We're not just trying to have two good players that doesn't mesh. I'm saying if the Mavs can get Bradley Beal, you can move Luka Doncic to the point guard position. You can have Bradley Beal at the two. Whoever you get is whoever you get. But the Mavs have to set a roster around around Luka Doncic, and you got to be able to contend for you know for a title pretty pretty darn soon because Luka Doncic is on a rookie deal. You got to make your moves but, right but now. But do you think Bradley Beal's enough? 
I don't think he's enough to win the championships because you still have, you know, a small forward, power forward, and center position, and then you still have to, you know, focus on your depth. But I, de I definitely think Bradley Beal and Luka Doncic could mesh way better than Dennis Smith and Luka Doncic can. Cause I, mean, I mean, he can match, but I mean, it's just time wasted. How is it wasted? We're not going to win anything out of that. But it's going to definitely put us in a, you know, in a better position to win because at the end of the day, we don't want Luka, you know, you don't want Luka Doncic to lose. I mean, to, uh, to leave us. Bradley Beal is a shooting guard that averages around 24 points a game. He can shoot the three. He's a pretty solid defender. You, you, you know, you put him around Luka Doncic, he's going to be able to, you know, to even excel his game. I mean, it's just too soon. I mean, you're pulling the plug on a guy who hasn't even got a chance. For a guy like Bradley Beal who won't really give us over that edge. I mean, if you trade for a guy like DeMar DeRozan, I understand. I mean, he's, he's arguably the best jump shooter in the game right now from mid-range. I mean, if you look at his stats, the stats speak but, for but, itself. But but DeMar DeRozan doesn't space the floor as well as Bradley Beal does. Bradley Beal is a way better three-point shooter than DeMar DeRozan. I mean, DeMar yeah, but DeMar DeRozan has a complete game. I mean, he's all around. I mean, he's giving you, what, 26 a game, 25 a game? I mean, he's having arguably his best season of his career. Just came off a triple-double a couple but, games ago. But you got to look at the direction that the NBA is heading in. you got to look at the Mavs. You know, you, you talk about DeMar DeRozan and how he's a mid-range I mean, because you want to win now. DeMar DeRozan gives this team a better chance to win now. Bradley Beal gives us a better chance to, you know, probably acquire another key acquisition in maybe, you know, four, three to two to three years. But I don't think he, you know, puts us over that edge. Or a team that you see, we can be I, like, I'm, I'm just going to have to disagree with you on that one because DeMar DeRozan can't space the floor out. I mean, you look at the Mavs and you look at the system that we go in. We have a four-out, one-in system. You know, you have DeAndre Jordan in the, in, the, in the free throw line. You got four other players that are spacing the floor out. DeMar DeRozan's shooting 18% from the three-point line. He's a great mid-range shooter, don't get me wrong. But he's giving you 22, and he's around 30 years of age. Well, Bradley Beal is younger. He's on a better contract. He's giving you 24 points a game. He's shooting 35% from the three-point line. Well, I mean, DeMar DeRozan's only about 28 years old. Oh. Bradley Beal's 27, 26. I mean, there's not much of an age difference. There. But, I, I, but that, that's not my point. I'm trying to get to the point that, that DeMar DeRozan cannot, cannot space the floor as well as Bradley Beal can. And that's what you need in today's NBA. I'm trying to get a team to, to, surround, to surround Luka Doncic. I'm not trying to just get some, to get some good players. DeMar DeRozan's not going to compliment Luka Doncic as well as Bradley Beal can. But, but your, your whole point was to win now. How yeah. is acquiring Bradley Beal going to help us win now? That's what I'm trying to get at. you got to surround a team around Luka Doncic. That's how you win now. And, and getting someone like Bradley Beal who can space the floor, that can give you 24 a night, compared to someone like DeMar DeRozan. That, that still doesn't allow us to win now. It gives us a better chance to win now than having DeMar DeRozan. I mean, it's just not enough. How are you I mean, going to throw out DeMar you're letting DeRozan? Go, you're, letting go, what's his, you're letting go Dennis Smith for Bradley Beal, and you want to win now. That's, that's, you just, but, that's not but a win now. You're contradicting yourself because no, you, no. you just said, you said, I wouldn't mind if we, got, if we it, get DeMar it'd DeRozan. It would be smarter for DeMar DeRozan. It wouldn't be smarter because DeMar DeRozan can't space the floor out. You've got to look at the system the Mavs, the Mavs run in. It's a four-out-one-in system. You've got to look at today's NBA. I'm going to have to disagree Three-point shooting. That. DeMar DeRozan's giving you 18% from the three-point line. You're telling me that's who you want to surround around Luka Doncic? He's Donkey, a mid-range jump shooter. He's not a three-point shooter. Exactly. That's the point. That's his, he's playing his How game. How many threes do the Mavs shoot a game compared to mid-range shots? Very little. Very little. They rarely shoot mid-range shots. They either shoot three-pointers, floaters, or layups. That's just how the NBA has developed nowadays. DeMar DeRozan, I, don't, I hate to say it, but the NBA, has, the NBA game has kind of swept under, under his feet. You know, he's a, he's a mid-range player. But, you know, he hasn't really developed his three-point game. That's just how it is. That's why you look at the San Antonio Spurs. They're a great team, don't get me wrong, but 
they shoot if I'm if I'm not mistaken one of the less you know least three pointers in the league. I mean they've they've been doing good with Demar and I think it's working I'm, for that team. Let me just before we get to our next topic, I just want to I just want to you know say my last point is that. Luka Doncic is, you know, we can both agree he's both the face, you know, of the Mavs for, yeah. for years to come. So I think it's just smart. I, you know, I, I don't want to rewrite history. We've, you know, as a Mavs fan, we've always seen Dirk, and if we always say, what if, what if he had another star? What if, you know, I want that thing to happen right now. Luka Doncic is going to be the face for the uh, face for the Mavs for a long time to come, and I just think that we got to have players to surround him, you know, that can actually, you know, play well. And I just don't think that. Having someone like DeMar DeRozan or someone like Dennis Smith Jr. can, you know, compliment him well. We know that, you know, Luka Doncic is the best player on the Mavs. He's going to be our best player for years to come. You got to get players to surround him with so, you know, that he can, you know, so, so that his game can shine. I mean, I just, I, I think it's too soon. But let, let's just continue on. So, you know, we're done. We're done talking some basketball. Let's, you know, let, let, let's, 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 let's get to our team. America's team. So we know that they're playing everyone's tomorrow. team. I, if, if I'm not mistaken, they're playing tomorrow, right? Yeah. So you know, what does America's team need to do uh, to secure a win against the Rams? I think the key to that game is stop Todd Gurley. We stop Todd Gurley. You know, we we limit Aaron Donald's explosiveness his explosiveness early. I mean, we're in a good chance to win this football game. But if you let Todd Gurley get hot, I mean, it's we're, we're in some trouble. I mean, who? That Rams team has some solid receivers. So, I mean, if we if we let Todd Gurley get hot, guys are getting open. But if we can hold Todd Gurley down, you know, we can diminish Jared Goff's, you know, confidence in that football game. I mean, I think that game's all ours. So, I think that the key factor in this game is limit Todd Gurley. Do not let the guy get hot. Because if he gets hot, the whole damn team gets hot. Yeah. No, you, you definitely That's, got a point. That was actually one of my, you know, one of my uh, – key components of what the Cowboys need to do mm-hmm. to win. I think we need two two more things to win. We got to get Zeke Elliott going. Yeah. And we also got to get Dak Prescott going. I know, you know, that sounds, you know, so general. But if you get Zeke going, you're more than likely going to get Dak Prescott going as well. Because Dak really, he does he does feed off Zeke. So I think if you get our offense going, you know, if we, and we you look at that stat, we're 10-0 whenever we score 20-plus points. Yeah. And that's just, I feel like that's more of a defensive uh Statistic more oh, than yeah. offense, you know, offensive uh, statistics. I mean, twenty is not much, but exactly. it's enough. To but, win. but our defense is so good. We're you know, if we go in a shootout, but which I don't think we will. But you know, let's just say hypothetically, we go in a shootout. We're losing that game if it's going to a shootout. You think so? Yeah. Because I, I think that Cowboys will end up making the key stops if we end up. You know, I don't know. I, I just don't think we have enough firepower to you know shoot out for the whole game. Yeah, but I think I th- back to my point. I think that the Cowboys need to. Get Zeke going, and definitely give him 25, 25 plus carries. Yeah. You know, next game and we and we got it. We got to get Dak going as well. I think if our offense, you know, if, if our offense clicks, then I'm not going to be too worried. I mean, if, it, if we just get Zeke going and we can get another Dak Prescott, you know, late in the fourth performance, I mean, we'll be good because we've seen when Zeke gets hot, that offense gets rolling. You know, things get moving. Zeke will, Zeke will run his yards, and you know, Dak will finish off the drive. So, I mean, it, the whole thing is, I think, for both teams, you know, if you're a Rams fan, you know, if you stop Zeke, you're stopping this Cowboys football team because then you're just – you're playing to stop the pass game. So, I think for, you know, both teams coming to this game, just stop the run game. 
Whoever stops the run game and is more efficient at it is going to win this football game. Yeah, both of these teams have great running backs. Yeah. So we just got to look and see, you know, I, I personally think who which, whichever running back has a better game, their team is going to have a better chance to win. Yeah. That's just, you know, that's just how it is. But I don't know. I think I think Cowboys really do have a good chance to, to win this game. I mean, even though we're playing in L.A., it could really be kind of considered a home game, you know, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm just I'm I'm not really worried about how the Cowboys can do if if we get Ezekiel Elliott going. And I trust in our defense. I know mm-hmm. our defense is top notch. If we can if we can just get Zeke Elliott going, that's going to open so many more doors for our offense. So I'm I'm not really worried. You know, if if you if you even look at it, if we can get the special teams going, just one big return. Tavon Austin. Yeah, sixty plus yards. I mean, when that happens. The defense and offense is hyped. And then when you're hyped, you develop that momentum, and then you just keep rolling from there. So I think special teams in this game can also play a big factor. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, they really get guys jumping off the bench. They get coaches hot, players pumped up. Exactly. Got that adrenaline rush. You know, and then, you know, when we've seen Zeke, you know, when he gets hot, there ain't no stopping him. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just what it is. I think I think the Cowboys have a real good chance to win this game. You know, I'm I'm just worried about maybe some of the you know the offensive play calling that the you know coaching mm-hmm. might end up doing. But other than that, we're a really talented team. We have playmakers on on both sides of the field, and you know, I I, I trust in my boys. Yeah, I, I trust in us this game. I just only game I'm worried about. I said coming into the playoffs was I'm worried about the New Orleans Saints. I mean, I know we beat them in the regular season, but playing at Mercedes-Benz Superdome, it's a whole nother thing. In the playoffs. You you just you just got to look at the bigger picture. It's yeah. no joke. Yeah. So speaking of you know bigger pictures, you know we're gonna step away from Cowboys football right now, and we're gonna talk about Antonio Brown's future. So he's getting you know estimate eighteen and a half for his first three years of this contract. So he's projected to make eighteen and a half this next coming season. You think that he's done? Time in Pittsburgh's over. Um, think they resolve something or I, you know, I, I think they might end up resolving something. I don't want to, you know, go on a limb and say that, you know, he's definitely done, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely think there's a chance for him leaving. But, you know, if I'm going to put my money on it, I think he might end up staying with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, we look at, you know, all these great receivers. Well, what, you know, there's been so many diva receivers throughout NFL history. You look at Terrell Owens. Some can even make a case for Des Bryant. You know, the list goes on. Yeah. I think Antonio Brown is a, He's a, you know, he's a top three receiver, no doubt. And he opens so many doors for the, you know, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think if he leaves, the offense will, I don't think he'll struggle, but it'll definitely, you know, take a dip. You know, mm-hmm. Juju, you know, Juju's a great, he's a great receiver. But, you know. His he, numbers won't look as good without his, Yeah, exactly. Brown. His numbers are not going to look as good. You know why? Because, you know, week in and week out, he's going to be seeing the best corners, you know. He's going to be seeing the number one corners. I don't. I, I'm not saying that Juju can't be a number one, you know, one number one receiver. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't think you know he's he's going to be the answer for Antonio Brown leaving. Yeah. I mean, I just for the Steelers, it's hard, but it, it's time to go. I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with the way the Steelers treated Le'Veon Bell. I mean, him and Antonio Brown were good friends, and I think that just that really affected him and his relationship with the team. Because, I mean, you, you look at Antonio Brown. I mean, he's not a guy you want to lose 18 and what well, you're paying him 18 and a half. You're going to have to replace that with, you know, talent, you know, less talent. 
So that's really going to hurt your team because you're going to give that money to someone else who doesn't deserve it like Antonio Brown does. I mean, the guy's a sixth-round draft pick from Central Michigan. Comes into the league as a two-time all-yards receiving champ. Seven-time pro bowler. I mean, his contract's well-deserved. I mean, the impact he has on this team, I mean, he was he was a runner-up for MVP last season. So I think the only problem is is just his, his, his relationship with that team. I mean, you have problems with Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's never had really issues with any of his teammates throughout his career. I mean, I think that's more of a you issue. And I take huge, huge blame goes to Mike Tomlin for the way he handled things. I mean, you never, you never take sides on one guy. You know, it's, 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 it's a team. It's a team sport, you know. Two guys get into it, two guys are to blame. I mean, he, he was more towards Ben Roethlisberger's side. And I guess, you know, Antonio Brown felt a little uncomfortable. But, I mean, I just think it's time you move on. It's Nothing's going to fix this. You see, I, I see your point, and I get what you're trying to get at. But I do think that there is some blame with Ben, you know, with Big Ben. I know he's never— there, There's blame, but I, I think yeah, it's I more, then, more yeah. blame is on Mike yeah. Tomlin. Yeah, I, 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 I can agree with you that. I can agree with you that, you know. But um, I just I, I think I think there is some blame with Big Ben, and there is, there's a lot of blame with Mike Tomlin. Yeah. And I, I really don't know how the Steelers team is going to end up panning out. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Antonio Brown leaves. But if I, if I were going to put my money on it, I think Antonio Brown is just going to stay. I think he's too— critical of a receiver i think he's too good of a receiver i think that this you know Steelers in some ways kind of need him i i don't know because i mean he he's shown he's shown immature you know you know aspects of his of himself you know the last week of the season he didn't practice you know he didn't even he showed up to the game not even in pittsburgh Steelers uniform he didn't really and he left at halftime so i mean antonio brown is definitely a diva he's childish but Sometimes you gotta you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. If the man's that good, you just gotta kinda deal with it and you gotta try to try to keep him down. But I don't know. I really don't know. I mean Ryan Clark back at ESPN, I mean he said it best. He's like, you know, two thousand twelve, he was a teammate of Antonio Brown's. He said his work ethic, there's no one who comes close to him. He said his skill level, I mean he he's top in the league. You know, his performance, I mean it, it speaks for itself. He said, But there's one issue with Antonio Brown. He's like when you pay the guy you're going you're gonna to see his true colors. And I think we've we've seen it. I don't think full blame is to him. But I think as a professional athlete and, you know, a, you know, a man of the sport, I mean, you, you got you to gotta, you gotta have a better relationship with your team. You got to act better. You got to be better. You, you can't just yeah, – No, most definitely. You can't just get your bag and, you know, turn on your guys. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't work. Yeah. You, you go on social media, throw in, you know, shade. Things like that. I mean, that's just not right. Yeah, because, you know, Ryan Clark, to touch up on your story, he talked about Coach LeBeau and how, you know, no one really disrespects Coach LeBeau. You know, he was a highly respected coach within the Steelers franchise. But the day the day after, you know, Antonio Brown got paid, he ended up cussing out, cussing out Coach LeBeau. And, you know, that's how the altercation began with him and Ryan Clark. I definitely think Antonio Brown is childish. But I'm just I'm and I know I, I, and I know that you know he might be a cancer in that locker room. But I'm just thinking about the Steelers as a football team and you know how they can progress next season. And I'm thinking about them offensively. And I'm thinking, I just I I, I definitely will see some you know regression with them offensively. I I don't know I don't know if that's someone you want to let go. But I do see his childish nature. But I don't know I think he's too good of a player to let go. I mean this there's a recent uh, statement by the Steelers owner. 
And he said he's going to try to move Antonio Brown before training camp. So I, I think his time in Pittsburgh is done. I think this team's in some trouble. I mean, you lose Le'Veon Bell. Antonio you Brown. lose Antonio Brown. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's on his last couple seasons. Yeah, he's not getting any younger. So. Yeah, I mean, it, the hardest thing to find in a draft is a quarterback. So this team is definitely in some trouble. Your your chances to win was supposed to be this year. And I think, you missed yeah, out on I think that. The win, I think the window has definitely yeah. passed them. I mean, it's it's done. I mean, the guy Antonio Brown's 30 years old. I mean, I'm not saying he's slowing down, but. He's not getting any younger as well. But he, he can't do it all. Yeah. He really needed Le'Veon Bell. So I think that team is done. And we are also done on this Friday morning. It is the man of the hour who didn't get much sleep last night because of that Thunder game. But it doesn't matter. I come out here. And I give you all a show regardless. All right. Peace out, y'all. y'all have Sports good. Decaf. We out here. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Decaf. Merch is coming soon. Y'all be on the lookout, all right? It's going to sell out quick. We out you.